0: Well, welcome to MI3's second edition in our COVID-19 series. With us today is the CEO of Hoyt's group, Damien Keogh, who last week closed Hoyts cinemas nationwide for the first time in the company's 111-year history. Hoyt's also stood down close to 3,000 employees. Hoyt's, for those of you who don't know, is owned by the world's largest cinema group in China, Wanda which also owns AMC Cinemas in the US and Odeon in Europe. Damien was supposed to be in Wuhan in January for the company's annual conference. Unsurprisingly, the location was quickly changed. Uh, welcome, Damien Keogh. Uh, we'll get to the backstory shortly, uh, but first, cinemas in Hollywood have been uh, really an early casualty, really, haven't they, in, in the COVID-19 crisis. Film releases and production have been iced, cinemas shut, And I know everything's fluid for everyone, but what's your current sense on planning for when you could reopen and what's the outlook for the film industry and the movie Slate probably towards the back end of the year? Give us your thoughts.
1: Thanks, Paul. Good to catch up. It's been a really challenging week and and closing the cinemas down uh, and particularly standing down our our very valued and loyal employees has been a very challenging week. For our senior leadership team and everyone involved with the company, but I guess as everyone knows, we we keep saying we're in unprecedented times and this um, COVID 19 virus has crept up very quickly. I guess we probably should have read a few alarm bells into it when um, China shut their cinemas down late January in response to the virus, but probably wasn't really until about three weeks ago when we heard that the James Bond movie due to release in April, No Time to Die, was, was, was shifted back in the schedule and then it really set the ball rolling. Um, a lot of cinema chains in Europe shut down, more movies moved out of the slate and, and then the big one really was the US shutting down their, move, their movie theatres and the UK um, and then within a week of that we were shut down in Australia as well so things have happened very quickly as you say, it's a very fluid environment. China's just started to reopen a few cinemas, but I guess what we're looking at here is um, at least a a minimum two to three month closure of cinemas. Um, We're very confident that once we do reopen, whenever that will be, the majority of Hollywood movies have moved back um, to be redated, so we should have a, a great stock of movies for people to get back into the cinema once we come through the other side of this.
0: We'll get to a little bit more on that. the the size of the uh, the box office globally, Damien, and here in Australia. And what do you see happening there, at least for the calendar year now, in terms of volumes and admissions?
1: Yeah, well, it's a it's a sixty billion dollar plus industry globally, based on Australian dollars. And um, you know, it's it's had record growth in the last five or six years, mainly fueled by the likes of China, which now has more cinema screens. Than the USA, although uh, the USA did have a record box office in calendar year 2018, so it it is a big media industry. There's no doubt about it. Um, cinema is a big part of the lifestyle. It's it's the number one um, out of home entertainment for Australians. Um, something like 90 million visitations a year. Um, Hoyts contributes over 20 million of those. You know, it's it's a 1.2 billion dollar box office in Australia. So it is a big industry. And obviously, when your cinema's shut down, that is the sole source of revenue for, for all the cinema operators um, in Australia and, and globally.
0: And so do you think, at least on an annualised basis, are we looking at a 30, 40, 50% contraction in admissions uh, at this point?
1: Oh, look, it's really going to depend on how long we're shut for and, and then how what the recovery curve looks like. Um, if, if I was a betting man now, if we're not reopened uh, by, by July, say, say August, then um, box office will probably be down in that 30, 40, maybe 50% range this year.
0: Damien, you were, um, you were supposed to be in, in Wuhan for a company conference in January. Tell us what happened there.
1: Hoyts was sold into uh, Wanda in early 2015, and um, the Wanda Group is a big conglomerate in China that not only is the world's biggest cinema operators now, but also own about 300 um, shopping centres in China and and a range of other assets, and they do have an annual conference in various locations every year, which I attend, and uh, the conference in January was supposed to be in Wuhan, which obviously was the epicentre of the virus. I was actually in Europe with the family, but um, the week before, and was notified that the conference had been moved to Guangzhou from Wuhan because of the Wuhan flu. So that was uh, that was early January, and I remember um, talking to my family about, oh, well, there's some kind of flu in Wuhan, and my golly, three months later, here we are. Pretty much the whole world's been turned on its head by what was originally known as the Wuhan flu.
0: The conversation around that at the conference, was there any signals then or was it just sort of precautionary at the time?
1: So I was in China in Guangzhou um, around January 10, 11, 12 and we were, there was no limitations at the airport. The shopping centres were chock-a-block. Uh, everyone was going about their life in, in a normal way at the time. So there had been a little bit of initial talk around this so-called Wuhan flu, at that stage it hadn't impacted people's lives whatsoever. Um, Suffice to say, a week or so later, not only did every cinema in China shut down, but pretty much life shut down in in China. And and I guess as a country, they're just starting to come out of it a little bit. They've probably um, been able to manage that flattening of the curve pretty well in hindsight.
0: You talked about uh, China already opening some some of its cinemas. I guess the question, you know, is anyone going? It's probably the first thing even in China, but it is a signal, right? Um, you, I think you're looking more to... The U.S. in terms of uh, your feed on when, uh, when firstly, obviously when you're allowed to open cinemas uh, from a from a government perspective, but secondly, when it's actually you've got product and it's and it's sort of appropriate to reopen, you're looking more to the U.S. timelines.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, China did start reopening some cinemas last weekend, so that was after about eight weeks of closure. Um, about 500 cinemas open, which was only five percent. Of the cinemas that they've got in China. Uh, my understanding is uh, box office was relatively low, not surprising. Um, so I think that's the start of some green shoots in China. Um, our counterparts at AMC in, in the US, I was talking to them this week, they are hoping that they may reopen around June in the US but I'm not sure whether that's um, an informed decision or an optimist optimistic outlook at this stage. Uh, There are some Hollywood releases at this stage scheduled for late May, early June, um, but they will obviously be moved back if cinemas remain shut or patronage remains low. So it it really is anyone's guess at this stage. Um, I, I think things are, as we've noted in recent weeks, they haven't just been changing weekly or daily, things have been changing hourly. So certainly from a management perspective, It really is a challenge just to deal with um, the information as it comes to hand.
0: Let's go to the last couple of weeks for you. Tell us a little bit about the initial reaction and response from your people when they realised or when you announced, I think, to to them all that um, there was going to be widespread stand downs.
1: Yeah, obviously, with with the knowledge of what was unfolding overseas, um, you you planned for a, a number of different contingencies. And I think anyone in business now, and there's not many businesses right now that are immune from the fallout um, from what's happening here and um, certainly at the at the front end of that have have definitely been the likes of travel, tourism, hotels and then you know entertainment now hospitality a range of those areas which rely on I guess the opposite of social distancing uh, more on social gathering. so the writing was very much on the wall and and as a business, um, certainly the important thing for us and I think for a lot of other businesses right now is just survival. We're in survival mode. Um, we are a business that um, has a number of costs and, and our revenue source has dried up. So our, our people um, with 3,000-plus employees uh, are a big cost to our business, but, but they're also a big feature of our business. So as a management team, we... We've worked strategically over the last few weeks to prepare for what's happened this week, and uh, a lot of that has been around how do we how do we share the pain as much as possible? How do we retain as many people as we can? And um, we've put in place a number of things around that. Um, senior senior executives who are retained will will move back to a four-day week and on 80% of salary and, until the cinemas reopen. Um, we have stood down a number of employees. Uh, there's just no work for them. Um, s- some, of our, some of our head office uh, people and full-time employees, we've been able to keep them, while they've stood, we've stood them down, we've kept them on a percentage of pay um, to help them out, while, unfortunately, uh, a large number of our casual uh, permanent part-time and other cinema workers We've had to stand them down on on no pay and that's a similar situation to most other cinema businesses in the country and also a lot of those other industries that have been really impacted by this virus.
0: Right now, Damien, cash is king for most companies. Uh, how long uh, can you hold out in the current environment? What What's the time frame there where it gets, okay, we're comfortable, or we'll manage this at survival, and then it gets to something more problematic?
1: We've certainly done all the scenarios on that. We've got four different financial models that we've been running um, in, in terms of both the length of time this goes and also the kind of costs. And, and you're absolutely right, cash is king. Cash flow has never been a problem for us. We've been quite a successful business. We've doubled the profit in in those six years of the business. But right now, cash flow is the key. Um, Have you got enough money to to pay your bills and how long will that last? Our our balance sheet is relatively healthy. Um, We've obviously got a strong focus at the moment amongst our senior execs and uh, finance team to make sure we can we can hold on to as much cash for as long as we possibly can. At the same time, we are investigating some some options to um, uh, relating to liquidity um, if if it goes longer than what we'd all like. So we, we feel like we've got the right strategies in mind for survival at, at this stage. Um, another big cost to us, obviously, is our leases with our cinemas. As an industry in Australia, um, cinemas, uh, in terms of leasing, I think the figure we've worked out is that it's over $280 million a year are paid by cinemas to landlords. So there's certainly going to be a a little bit of a standoff over that, uh, of what happens, and and we're hoping the government may be able to include some, some assistance in that with some of the stimulus packages that they may have to come forward with.
0: We'll get to what a bounce back may or may not look like in a few minutes, but I guess the other thing that you'll have an acute awareness of and following closely is the impact that this is having on the broader media and advertising markets. Obviously, part of your business is Val Morgan Cinema Advertising that no doubt has been crunched in all sorts of ways along with your your admissions business, along with the box office. What's your thinking on how different and what could happen to the media sector and the ad market? You know, into 2021, more consolidation, some players not emerging from this. What's your sense at the moment?
1: Look, generally, this couldn't have come at a worse time for the media and advertising market. The the, the media sector, we we'd already been in a recession for 12 months plus, in terms of negative growth in the media market. So I think. I think you're spot on, Paul, that the structural change that's been happening in that industry will will probably be accelerated a little bit through the disruption of the virus. There's, there's certain sectors which are strong. We felt pretty good about where our Val Morgan advertising business is, with cinema advertising is, is obviously a highly engaging and highly impactful form of advertising, and our numbers um, have been standing up quite good. Um, our outdoor business has grown quite rapidly in recent years, and and, and is a sector which I think will continue to, to, to enjoy some uptick into the future. Um, but the reality of, of, of the business is that um, revenue generally follows where eyeballs are and there's there's been structural change in that. And I think media agencies will, will probably need to restructure some of their business and I think media sales companies will, will probably come out of um, this crisis a little bit leaner and meaner than they have been in the past.
0: What's your advice for people at the moment as we uh, travel through this uh, this particular phase? We talked earlier about you know uh, well-being and so forth. Uh, what what strategies or what are you telling your people at the moment about this?
1: Yeah, we moved very early at um, Hoyts from from a head office and, and our regional office's perspective to, to get people working from home. There were those early reports of, of, of cases or suspected cases at various companies and having to shut down work environments. So we, we got everyone working remotely pretty quickly. You know, we know the health challenge of, of the virus we're facing is is significant. We've seen what's happened in countries such as Italy and Spain and, and, and China and and now the US. It's something that we're going to have to deal with as a nation. So from a workplace environment, the people who are still working with us, and there are hundreds of those across Australia and New Zealand, regular contact is important, making sure that they are working on things which are adding some value to the business. If they're not as busy as we'd like them to be, uh, we're putting in place uh, a range of self-development and, and learning. So we've been preparing as a company um, obviously what it looks like coming out the other side of this and I guess using my sporting analogy, um, we've spoken to the senior team about treating it a little bit as a, a pre-season training camp to make sure that we're as match fit as possible to, to come out the other side of this. So. Um, there will be a little bit more time in our hands without the day-to-day business operating to be quite strategic on um, you know what, what is the structure, what are the um, focuses of the business what are the ways that we can continue to grow and develop and make our business stronger as we come out of this. Um, I guess from a, a sense of our staff um, you know we really want to welcome as many of our 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 valuable staff back into the fold as soon as possible. So we are hoping that this is more a a three-month close than a six-month close, but we have done preparations that it could be up to six months at this stage.
0: So you talked a little uh, earlier about social isolation. If we're talking three months, four months, uh, will this isolation have any impact uh, or create new habits around entertainment? What could be the likely scenario in three to four months in terms of any behavioural change?
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting um, issue. Obviously, we've seen incredible growth in in streaming in recent years, the convergence, I guess, of um, better connectivity through internet and then the availability of these the, the likes of the Netflix and Stan and now Disney plus you've got many more coming on the horizon um, Universal with peacock um, Warners with home HBO so the, the streaming wars is, is is going to intensify anyway um, th- they would be having a good time of it at the moment while people are home and isolated um, there's been a lot of things that have been suggested at could have killed cinema over the last 100 plus years. Um, Certainly television, the video recorder, internet, pay TV, et cetera, and and, and cinema has survived and flourished. As an industry in Australia, we've probably seen uh, over three-quarters of a million dollars spent in the last five years upgrading our cinemas, building new cinemas, offering great customer experiences. Boits has been at the forefront of that. We've invested over $400 million in the last five years um, renovating our cinemas, improving the seating and the experience for customers and and we've seen our business grow in response to that. Um, So in short, while definitely on the home entertainment um, side things are changing a little bit, I think we are social beings by nature and and people want to go out and and spend time with other people and be entertained. So I'm very confident that um, the cinema will will get back to where it was pretty quickly. I know there's a great slate of Hollywood movies, which while they've been postponed, um, the majority are being pushed back to later in the year. The studios know with the investment they make in those productions that the best way to monetize that uh, is initially in the cinema and then take it to home entertainment. Uh, and that will continue for a long time. As we mentioned at the top of this, there's something like 60 billion plus Australian dollars a year that are spent globally on, on people going to cinema. So uh, while we've certainly got some challenges at the moment, um, I'm, I'm hoping and waiting for the day that, that, that we come back to an element of normality and um, people can go to the cinema and have a great experience. and. Uh, and and feel safe and, and and happy together
0: so that is the on the the box office side of things damien in terms of people coming through the doors to watch movies will there be some sort of lag for your advertising businesses as you as you mentioned earlier you, you've got val morgan cinema advertising and you've got um val morgan outdoor which has a significant footprint in, in shopping centres, the people may come back. What do you think about what brands and advertisers and marketers will do following the consumer lead?
1: I'm, I've been you know, really, really impressed with all the media agencies that, that, that we do deal with, that they're very, very sympathetic for, for Val Morgan cinema, that obviously with cinemas shut, there's, there's not the opportunity to sell advertising. Uh, We've been very accommodating with our advertisers and moving campaigns and and we've had a lot of really, really positive support in terms of, hey, as soon as you guys are back, we'll be back supporting you. Um, I I think the industry recognises the role that cinema advertising plays in the landscape. Um, It's a very impactful form of advertising. We have an incredible sales team. Um, across our Val Morgan business, Val Morgan Cinema and Val Morgan Outdoor, we've been recognised in recent years with 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 awards, plus we, we've seen significant growth over the last six or seven years in that business as well. So um, I, I'm confident that, that that will bounce back. Um, there won't be too much of a lag in that. Uh, I think the overall market, once consumers are out and about again, then I think companies are going to want to market and, and, and get people using and spending on their products again. Um, so once again my, my hope on that is that some form of normality is sooner rather than later.
0: Well Damien Kier we'll uh, let you head back to manage what is our most unprecedented time. Stay safe and, and uh, thanks for your time. Thanks very much Paul. MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre that's moi in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Nick Slater, music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au or search MI3 Audio Edition on Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button.